Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Wanda Howard, and today we're going to be talking about all of the power behind um, how to bring two brilliant ideas together, two differing, polarizing ideas at times. How do we bring them together in our homes, in our life, within ourselves? This is an amazing conversation. We went deeper, or not necessarily deeper, but we... In the last episode, I talked with Katie Richardson, who is a highly successful business entrepreneur. She's a coach for uh, all-star entrepreneurs. Incredible, incredible work that she does. So go and check out that her story is amazing. In there, we talked a little bit about this idea of the brilliance of bringing two seemingly incompatible ideas and creating something stronger and better. And she talks about this in the realm of balancing um, business and family. So it's very much worth a listen. Go and check it out. Today, we're going to be talking and diving into this. How do we do this same thing inside our homes with from parent to child when two people have polarizing ideas? How do we use those ideas to bring us closer together or from husband to wife or sibling to sibling? So um, first thing that we want to talk about is we are raised from this dynamic of, and maybe not everybody, of speaking as society as a whole, some point in either your parents or your grandparents or some, usually everybody is very familiar with the parenting methodology of do what you're told, don't ask questions, and just do what you're told, get it done. And that leaves very little room for uh bringing two ideas together for the kids having space to be heard or for the next generation being raised to know how to handle when somebody else has a different idea, when there is a responsive no, how, how is a parent supposed to respond when we know we want to do things differently, but that's what was modeled for us. That's what had somehow kind of seemingly worked. If you want to say that that worked. And so how do we do it differently? How do we start creating a place where our kids can come together, where their voices are heard, where we listen, they listen, and it feels an energizing creation inside of our home instead of this constant, just do what you're told type of a mentality. So the first thing that we need to stop doing is so often, I was falling into this trap too, is so often we think, okay, in order to make things work, we need to start compromising. And this is the interesting thing with compromise. I'm going to read the actual definition because it's so astounding. Like if you actually focus on, I love words. I absolutely love words. So if you focus on what this word actually means, it's no wonder that when we start compromising to come to a solution, it's so draining and it's frustrating and we don't like doing it and we don't want to. And yet we're told to do it over and over inside our marriage, inside our friendships, inside our, with our kids. Like we're always told to compromise. This is the definition of compromise. I'm going to read it right now. 
accept standards that are lower than is desirable. <laughs> I just want you to think about that for a moment. If that is how we are coming together, if that is the foundation of how we are uh, monitoring the different ideas and settling that's terrible. Compromising our values with something that's less than desirable. No wonder we, our kids don't want to compromise. No wonder we walk away feeling like, bleh, I don't want to do that. And, or sometimes we don't even go into a situation. We're not even willing to have a conversation or we don't bring something up because we already know we're going to have to give something up that's valuable to us. So the first thing to do to stop, to start creating those exciting, energetic, difference you're looking for when two people have polarizing ideas in your home is to stop compromising. That's the first step. So how do we bring these seemingly impossible ideas into a beautiful collaboration of exciting energy? And that's the word I want you to start focusing on is collaboration. Collaborating is something where it brings two things together to make a greater outcome. We don't want to be compromising. Now, I know that as we go through this, there's going to be, yeah, but, and we're going to have these little things go off in our head. So don't worry. I'll walk you through why this makes sense and, and how it applies. Um, so the first thing that we need to start, or first thing is stop compromising. The second thing to be able to do that is stop seeing others as the enemy to your dreams, your goals, your ideas. And start seeing them as the boundary you need to make what you value even better, even stronger, even longer lasting. Let me say that again. Stop seeing others as the enemy to your dreams, goals, and ideas. And start seeing them as the boundary you need to make what you value even better. So, now probably wondering, okay, that sounds awesome, but how do we do that? How do we actually see other people that way when they do want things that are different from us? So this is the difference between um, compromising and collaboration that we need to understand. First, compromising, again, is keeping you focused on how can you settle? How can you come out with an outcome that's less than desirable? And at least that way, both parties are happy because they both got less than what they wanted. That's not a great model for building excitement in coming together. So what compromise does is it keeps us focused on what things we're having to let go of. It keeps us focused on all the things that we see as valuable in the moment or long-term, whatever you want to call it. We see things as valuable and we're frustrated because we're having to let them go. We have to think of all these things that we have to give up that are so valuable to us. And we start seeing the other person as this irritation of every time we come together, I have to give up something that matters to me. So with collaboration, what we get to do is we start to focus on what we value most and how do we keep it instead of what are the things that I can start getting rid of? What are the things that don't matter? Because again, essentially it can look like we're doing the same thing, but the focus of where we're going matters so much. And I cannot stress that enough. It matters so much where our focus is. If we are focusing constantly on what can I let go of? What can I get rid of? What can I compromise? What can I do without? 
we have this mindset that's constantly going off in our brain, these triggers of don't hold on to that. Don't get attached to that. Don't see value in that. Don't uh, be stubborn. Don't all these ideas that is telling us don't, 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 don't give up, give up, give up, give up. And we don't want to do that. We want to be able to start feeling excited about holding on to things, feeling excited about our ideas, about our values, about coming together. So we start doing that by focusing on what's most important to us. So in a argument, in two polarizing ideas, trying to figure out how you can bring them together, the first thing to do is identify what is the most valuable thing to each person. Just ask each other, what is the most valuable thing in this that you want to make sure happens or that you want to hold on to the most. When you do that, you start having to identify one, what is most valuable to me? What do I want to come out of this? And starts putting your brain in a frame where it wants to think of a solution rather than frustrated that it has to give something up. So start identifying what is truly valuable to you figure out what is truly valuable to the other person, the most valuable thing, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, and I'll bring up, let's, let's talk a little bit, I guess, about some of the circumstances, what this could look like. For example, my kids were building this fort and we have lots of, it, this happens all the time daily. And so I'm trying to think of a good example here that they, they were building this fort and while they were building this, they got frustrated. My daughter wanted the fort to be one way. My son wanted it to be another way. And they were very frustrated. And my daughter thought of two things. She being the older one thought of, okay, we need to compromise. And she thought of two ways, two things that they could both give up. She's like, I will give up. Uh, I don't remember what it is. We'll, we'll say I'll give up this chair as being part of the fort and you need to give up um, your tiger being part of the fort, whatever it was. The the compromise that she thought of was logical. It made sense, but it didn't make my son very happy. And she was frustrated because she's like, I'm giving something up. So you should too. We both need to give something up for this to work. And when I saw this happening over and over, this was kind of like, okay, this, this is not healthy. This is not helpful because we do. We feel this, I'm willing to sacrifice something, why aren't you? And there's so much more to this principle that we will dive in further um, into other episodes, but I want to make sure that we cover this one first. So anyways, as I started watching this and I started realizing, okay, we need to, we need to change things. I went to them and I asked, what is most valuable to you in this conversation, in this struggle right now? What, if you Out of this fort that you're trying to build, what is most valuable to you? What do you want to happen most? And both of them said the most valuable thing to them was they wanted to be heard. So it's like, great, we can both, you can do that both, right? We can hear each other. And they both agreed that, yeah, we can hear each other. So we listened to each other. We talked it out. They were both heard. Then the situation wasn't resolved yet. So then I asked, okay, well, now what is the most valuable thing to you? And my son, he was really just happy that he got heard. He's the younger one, and he was just thrilled to be heard. That was enough for him. 
And my daughter, though, she was her, she was still frustrated. She wanted a solution. She wanted things to be her way. And so when I asked her, what's most valuable to you? Immediately, her brain was like, because it has been so focused on what can I give up? She was so focused on being frustrated that she had to give up her ideas with the fort that that immediately was where her brain went of my, uh, the having it my way with the fort. That's what's most important to me right now. And I thought that's interesting. So I, I told her, I was like, that's very interesting. Um, let's, let's look at some things in the room and see if that really stands true. And so I said, okay, there's a stuffed animal in the room and there's this fort, which one's um, more valuable to you right now. And she's like, well, obviously the, the fort, because the animal didn't mean anything right now. And so that I did that first to help her see an obvious no brainer question. And then I went and we went around the room and picked up several different things and several different ideas or different uh, possessions that she had. And when they, some of them were hard for her to choose, but I was just trying to get her brain to think a little bit more about what is truly valuable. And then I asked her, what is more valuable to you? Your little brother, who you, you've told me a lot that you want to have him know that you love him. And your idea of getting it your way. Which one is more valuable to you? This this process at first was so hard for her. I could see the little wheels turning in her head and she was trying to figure out like, she was at first really frustrated because she was still functioning off of that idea of compromise of like, oh no, this means I'm going to have to let something go. And I was like, I, I don't care what you let go. I don't care if you keep all your ideas. I don't care if you have the fort be exactly like you want to have it. I'm just asking which one is more valuable to you? She's like, okay, well, obviously my little brother is more valuable. I'm like, okay, great. So what idea do you have? Let's work with your ideas that you want to do. And what idea do you have that can value that value you already have. How can you value your little brother? Because you want that. And then she started thinking totally differently of, okay, I want this thing. I want to show my brother I value him. He is a valuable thing in me, to me. So by doing this exercise, it allowed her to build on something that's already important to her instead of what important thing can we strip away from you? And what ended up happening, the the collaboration that they came together they actually did all of her ideas, exactly how she wanted to build the fort. But she did it in a way where she asked him and they talked about it. And he was thrilled with it because she uh, let him be the one to put all the pieces in place. And she just directed him. Now that it's different every time, that's not like the magical, this is how the situation goes. But the point is that it wasn't about okay, I gave something up. Now you give something up. It needs to be fair. How do we split this equally? It was, how do I show value for the other person or for what's truly valuable to me? And when they could clearly identify that was what was truly valuable was the other person, it helped their brain start thinking of it in a totally different way. And they've thought of so many solutions. And sometimes it's been like, ah, Maybe I should step in, but they're both happy about it. They both love it. And so it doesn't matter if it's this cut down the middle, both of you get the same thing. So that's one way of doing it. Another way is um, between like from parent to child, 
you can do this proactively before a situation even comes up. Something that I love to do is when we're going hiking, going on outings, going to shopping or somewhere like that. For us to go to the store, it's an hour away. So it's quite the ordeal to go into town. We always like figure out what we could do fun there. And anyways, when um, we're planning things, I know that my kids are going to have ideas. I know that they're going to want to have their input. I already am prepared for that. So when sometimes when there's not a whole lot of planning, sometimes we just go and we figure out the different ideas as we're there. But a lot of the time, what I try to do is have each person, their assigned input bank of like, okay, you get to decide where people sit today. You get to decide um, what store we go to first. You get to decide this. You get, And I give them the ability to have their decision in their element. And so there's lots of different ways that you can start being proactive about knowing that decisions, differing opinions are going to come into play and how can you already start to incorporate that? And that is a huge help with being able to feel like everybody's voices are heard. And me and my husband use this as well, collaborating instead of compromising. And at the beginning of our marriage, oh my goodness, we could not have come from more different backgrounds totally polarizing ideas in so many, in every area of life of what, uh, just how to live and how to function and all of the differing things in life. And one of, one of the things that uh, came to my mind that illustrated this quite clearly was he, with his upbringing, he was very confident, very self-assured of this is the right way to do things. This is how things are going to be done. And this is what's going to happen. And for me, I came from much more of a, I need to compromise in order to truly show people that I love them. I need to be willing to give up what I want in order to keep the peace, in order to help um, people know that it can, it's okay. It's not about the thing. It's about them. And anyways, I, I had so much built up in me of, I need to be willing to let things go and to compromise. But this was, this caused so many frustrations because as he was constantly like, this is the way, this is what we're doing. And I was constantly like, okay, we could do that. But inside, dying inside, because I I just wanted my, uh, I wanted to be able to hold on to something valuable. I wanted to have something valuable instead of having to constantly compromise those values and settle for something that was less than desirable. And so- as me and my husband started implementing this too, we started realizing what is, we started identifying together, like what is most valuable? So one of the things that this came into was dogs. I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. They are a happy spot in my heart. And I just, I love them. I love everything about them. They're fluffy furs and their faces and their slobber and everything. I, I love dogs. And my husband absolutely hate it. I have not met another living soul on this planet that hated dogs as much as my husband. And he had so many reasons of why they're just terrible, which is so funny because he loves animals, absolutely loves every single kind of animal, but just not dogs. And so at first this caused a lot of friction in the beginning of our marriage because I felt like I had, I was compromising something that was totally hugely valuable to me. And then he, and it wasn't this, it was, how do you find, 
how do you bring those two ideas together? Because his idea was no dogs. And my idea was have a dog. And those didn't seem like they could coexist. But as we started asking the question, what is most valuable to you? I voiced, well, what is most valuable to me is you. And he voiced, well, what is most valuable to me is you. And we started talking about, okay, well, how can we support each other? How can we do this? And when we started doing that, it started breaking down the barriers so much faster. It started helping us see a way to help things be better. So for him, that started him being like, okay, well, I want you to be able to have something that you truly want. And you still, like, dogs are obviously important to you. And so how could I honor that value that I have and take care of you and support you? Um, how could I do that in a way that's honors my values? And, and basically he started saying, well, maybe we could make sure that they only stay in these rooms of the house, or maybe we could just have an outside dog or anyways, we started talking about all the ways of how we could value each other instead. And that changed everything. And it's beautiful. Now we have, we actually have uh, three dogs, three huge German shepherds, and he loves all of them. And he's so glad that now uh, we went through that process, but it happened because we changed it from let's compromise, give up. Instead, let's build something greater. Let's build something new. Let's figure out how we can come together in a way that shows value with each other. So this is just one of the many ways that we can level up inside of parenting, inside our homes. And so incredible. There's so many more ways. If you want to know more of those ways, if you want to learn more about this principle, come at, go and join my uh, program, Traditions of Truth, or come and get my blueprint. Both of those are huge resources. The blueprint is totally free. So probably start there. It has 12 different principles, 12 different things that it breaks down for you of ways you can start leveling up, start thinking outside the box, start realizing there's a different way to do things that's so cool and so energizing. So you're incredible. I hope this helped and we will see you all next time. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.